Well, hello and welcome to Rhythms of Grace. I'm Christine and I'm here with Nate. I am here back and, again. Yes, Nate is uh, with us, but Sung is not. And so in his place this week, we have Stephanie, uh, one of our pastors at Grace Ann Arbor. So say hi. Hey, everyone. I am just so delighted to be here today. Yeah, we're excited she to have you. She also said she's a little intimidated. <laughs> I so. am. This is my first <laughs> podcast. So a little Grace. We, yeah. we'll, be, we'll try to go really easy. Yeah. <laughs> So what are we talking about, Christine? Yeah, so we are continuing with um, our series on rest. So we've been talking about, um, we started out talking about the seven types of rest. And then uh, a couple weeks back, we started this kind of mini series looking at um, kind of almost like a general overview of of how health can produce a rested life. Mm. Um, And so we talked about exercise, sleep, and this week we're talking about food um, and how our relationship with food, the food that we eat can um, either help us feel energized and rested and nourished, or it can leave us feeling sluggish or depressed Mm. or um, just ill rested, I guess. So that's the topic for, for this week. Any initial thoughts? Uh, this is going to be interesting. I have an interesting relationship with food. So mm. we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, f- I find myself um, a little perplexed because my invitation to talk came after I was sharing um, just how bad my food experience has been lately. So <laughs> oh we'll see We're how like, this goes. Hey, we got an yeah. idea. <laughs> <laughs> this will be interesting. Oh man. So um, did you and Sung talk, you guys did like an overview, right? Yeah. Did you guys talk about food at all? Yeah. So, so trodden? Sung kind of uh, laid the groundwork just talking about how um, food you know, like the, the food we eat, we're, we're inundated with a lot of food that, that does leave us feeling depleted rather than, um, you know, energized. And, um, yeah, he, he uh, kind of was talking about how the, the idea of moderation in everything might not be the goal with mm-hmm. food, that um, moderation in everything might actually just be license for us to eat whatever we want and feel like, oh, well, it's moderation. I just had it, mm-hmm. you know, three days this week instead of every day. Interesting. Um, but actually, it can be harmful. Um, and then I, I just kind of gave my foundational two cents of like, I think with food, a lot of times, at least for women, we can think like immediately when we think of food, we can think of weight. Mm -hmm. Um, but really when we're talking about food, we're talking about, okay, if our body is a temple of God, how can it be the best functioning temple possible? Um, and that does, I mean, like, obviously there are two extremes, right? Like, uh, for me, like, uh, so my weakness is Oreos. So like for me, it's like, okay, eating an entire sleeve of Oreos is not going to be me treating my body like a temple. Yeah. Uh, but also me starving myself is also not going to be filling my body with the nutrients it needs. So, so yeah, for me, it was really important to start with that foundational idea of like, this isn't about dieting or what, or, Mm, you know, it's, it's about living, healthily yeah. for, for Christ. So. so what's a little bit different about the way that I navigate food, well, there's several things that I think are going to be like, I, I hope they still make sense to our audience, but my relationship with food is a little bit unique because my because my job is so different than probably most of our listeners. My job is so intensely physical mm-hmm. that I do think of you food primarily as like fuel. Like yeah. I'm literally just like rolling all day. And if I get hungry, 
I'm, I literally am unable to do what I need to do. Mm -hmm. So I, and I know that's different because probably most people and most of our listeners, especially sort of do thought work or Mm -hmm. office work. And so the fuel needs are probably different than mine. I don't even, I I don't even keep track of what Mm -hmm. I eat at all. Um, I, I mean, again, I'm more, I'm heavier than I want to be. So maybe I should do that. But mostly I'm literally just like, if I'm hungry, I'm, I eat. And if I'm not hungry, I don't. Mm-hmm. And I'm hungry all the time. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so that's a little bit different, but yeah. we'll, well, I guess we can figure out how that fits into the whole. Well, and I'm connecting back to what you were saying, Christine, about how women approach food. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, you know, in my 20s back in the the 90s. And mm-hmm. so everything was about diets and counting your calories mm-hmm. and, you know, trying to keep up with what you saw women in magazines. Mm-hmm. And so for me, the more I leaned into the spiritual side of it, recognizing that it's not about moderation. It's mm-hmm. what is the healthiest version mm-hmm. of, yeah. of me. Um, it's not about the number on the scale. Mm-hmm. However... When I'm not healthy, that is a license to, oh, it's not about my size or my weight number. Mm. I can eat whatever I want. And then I move into a place of significant unhealth. Mm -hmm. So I think it's finding, it's not moderation, but it's, it's more balance. Yeah. Yeah, Like it's, it's such a good uh, perspective because it's one of those things where, and I used to say this, I don't know if I ever said this to you, Mm. Christine, but when I was on staff, I used to say all the time, extremes are easy because when you're looking at a problem, Picking an extreme solution is usually simpler. Mm -hmm. It's like we could go all the way this way, like leave nothing to chance, or we could go all the way this way and like have no boundaries whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And I see you, like I feel the same way about food where it's like the extremes, like in some ways there, there have been seasons of my life where my diet was really, really extreme. When Mm -hmm. I was in my twenties and thirties, I sort of, um, I worked out obsessively and I ate obsessively like super clean, like, you know, only like one cheat day a week. And mm-hmm. the rest of the time I had a very, very, um, and then I'm, I'm sort of in a season now where literally there are, I don't have any boundaries. I yeah. sort of have lived in those two extremes and I haven't really, I think found the balance that you're talking about, mm-hmm. which is like, there's a healthy way to, to sort of bring both of those things into a bit of an overlap. So mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like that's what I'm hearing. Extremes are easy, yeah. but like finding the middle ground is really the healthy way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, for, for me, I'm like also in that process of like finding the kind of middle ground with food because I just finished like two years of not being able to eat anything. I yeah. was like, I know there are five foods that won't make me sick. I'm going to eat those for every single meal. And so now it's like, oh yeah, what does it look like to live healthy when, when more, more options are on the table, right? When it's like, oh, I go to a restaurant and I didn't used to be able to order anything Mm. from this menu Mm. and now I want to order everything. Um, but yeah, I think, um, learning, like going through, I, so I spent two years meeting monthly with nutritionists talking about like all, every single, what every single particle of food Mm, meant mm -hmm. and was and meant for my body um which has like impacted my idea of of moderation and balance um because i i do think maybe i do lean toward after that journey i do lean toward like moderation and everything because i know like okay 
uh, seven almonds are okay for my stomach, but 12 almonds aren't. And that feels oh like gosh. a really small mm. difference, but I, I know those numbers because mm. I went through three months of, of experimentation, right? Um, and so I think that has taught me, for, for me, like I'm energized when I can order something off the menu uh, or, you know, like alcohol is really bad for my stomach. But if Orlando orders a beer, that's my fiance. If he orders a beer, I can like, you know, drink you know part of his um and it won't affect me so just knowing like okay what yeah what does what is good for my body and paying attention to that um which i guess that's a little bit of a unique situation right it is as well yeah um but i think it's it is learning like oh you can just eat one oreo Mm. um which i think prior to that i was like no you have to it's like a sleeve or nothing right (laughs) like those are the options that's how i live (laughs) (laughs) it's not Uh, good but it's true um but for me like knowing that i can grab i've had like a little half pint of ice cream in my freezer for like a week and a half and every evening i just take a little spoonful of ice Mm. cream and knowing that that like brings joy but also like doesn't cause you know weariness like sugar can like really you know bring me down pretty fast so like just knowing that that uh i can have that spoonful of ice cream for me is encouraging but i know that that's not everyone's experience so can i ask the two of you one of the things that i've observed and again a lot of this comes from when i was very very health conscious um is that and it seems in some ways unique to america that we tend to break food down into nutrition it's sort Mm -hmm. of like that Mm -hmm. like that's the way that we evaluate food is by its nutritional Mm -hmm. content have have you have you found that to be helpful or hurtful in terms of your journeys towards experiencing like a healthy relationship mm-hmm. or or maybe balance we call it mm-hmm. i don't find it helpful in the sense that it, I hyper-focus mm-hmm. on the numbers. What are yeah. the macronutrients? Yeah. Am I getting this you know, balance mm-hmm. of protein, carbs, fat? Is the fat that I'm taking in healthy fat? And so it becomes almost idolatrous in mm-hmm. some ways yeah. because every single thing I eat, every dinner I sit down to, my mind isn't focused on the people that I'm with mm-hmm. or what I'm doing because I'm trying to figure out how much of this can I eat? How is that going to affect me later? Mm-hmm. And so it's not healthy in that, in that sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I, I think like the best I've felt with food has been when I've been living with my siblings in Europe. Um, so either Italy or the UK where, or Germany, um, where it is like over the summers I would go and stay with them. And like, it's kind of like, okay, we're going to put things that are locally grown and available on the table and you can, you eat whatever is there. And then you kind of like feel that you're done and you stop eating. Um, and like nothing has labels, which is like, uh, okay. Because high fructose corn syrup is illegal or, you know, like those different things where it's like, it's, uh, yeah, I, there's like good and bad to Mm. it. But, um, I do think that that was like, I didn't ever gain weight in Europe. Like it wasn't like I felt heavier or laden, heavy laden, I guess, uh, with like all the food or bloated. I just like ate and didn't think about it. 
and moved on with my day, Mm. Um, which I don't think I always do in America when I can like read the labels. And there's so much uh, information that I feel like I have to do something with. We're we're like, we're mealtimes. And I'm imagining like all the like movies I've seen of Italy. (laughs) Were mealtimes like slow and social? So slow. Yeah, it was like a three hour meal. Yeah, there's Uh, something there. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I, yeah, I do think that that impacted even like the amount of coffee, you know, like I used to think, why would I get like a shot of espresso when I could get a cup of coffee for the same price? Mm. Um, until I had coffee hour in Italy and I was like, Oh, this espresso actually like it can last me an hour and it can feel like enjoyable to just Mm. sip on slowly. Um, and I think that is that is a difference. Is like here, I'm like trying to finish my meal in 15 minutes. Yeah, and you know, like, well, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Is how much of our eating is sort of like crammed in between the stuff that we actually feel like we need to be doing. Yeah, versus it being sort of its own thing. Mm-hmm. Well, and you're but what you're hitting is when we're cramming stuff in, it's usually. In the U.S., it's processed, yeah, because mm-hmm. it's something that's packaged, yep. something we yeah. can just throw into our bag, yep, which is not going to be the healthiest version for us. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like it's almost like, and this is I'm glad we're going here because this is the other thing that's unique about my my eating habits is that some in some ways the the more um, thoughtful it's almost oh man sorry my brain is whirring mm-hmm. we have replaced thoughtfulness of eating together Mm -hmm. and thoughtfulness around our food with sort of thoughtfulness of nutrition. Mm. And I think in doing that, we've really lost something that is inherent to food being restful and Mm. restorative. Yeah. Right. I mean, they've actually, they've done this crazy experiment where that if people are, they, if people are sharing a a food, even if it's a bowl of Mm M&Ms, they're far more likely to agree with each other and to work together. Mm. It's, there's something about sharing food together that is actually relationally restorative. And, and when all we're thinking about is nutrition or Mm -hmm. Stephanie, like you said, grab and go, that whole aspect is, it just disappears, Mm. you know, it just disappears. And the reason that I was thinking of that is because that is, again, it's like extremes. Our dinner time is very, very thoughtful. We literally start our menu plan with what have we grown? What's fresh from the garden? What do we have in the freezer that we've put up, you know, um, and that's every meal time. We have six, 10, 12 people around the table. Mm. It's slow. We all do all that. And then for me during the day, I'm literally like buzzing through the kitchen and like grabbing a peanut butter sandwich and <laughs> eating it as I head back out the door, yeah. you know? But there is something about the social aspect of eating mm. that I think is, uh, it's like better for us than the nutritional aspect mm-hmm. in some ways. Yeah, well, and I I know like there have been a lot of also psychological studies around just like the way that you enjoy food with other people. Like you enjoy food more when you're eating with others Mm. and you are more likely to like eat at a healthy pace when you're eating with others. Even if you're like trying to eat slowly on your own, you will eat slower when you're eating with others, which is better for digestion as I, you know, like as we all have experienced. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah, so... My husband and I are in a season now where we're empty nesters mm. and we're new to Michigan to mm. building a mm-hmm. life here and we're kind of hit or miss in the evenings now. And yeah. so each of us is doing meals on our own. And so it's becoming a, a mental shift mm. of 
I could eat something quick. I could run through a fast food restaurant. I could grab a frozen meal that may or may not be healthy, depending on what it is. Or I could see this time is just as valuable yeah. to take mm-hmm. care of me, yeah. even though there isn't someone around the table for me to socialize right. with. But it's a mental shift. It is. Yeah. It is. It's like bringing sort of, even though there isn't someone else there, it's bringing sort of the mm-hmm. the mindfulness. I mean, that's yeah. really it, right? Like mm-hmm. mindfulness around food. Yeah. Hmm. And one thing that I've appreciated that I see you do, Stephanie, that I am I am terrible at is like uh, most often for lunch break, you will like actually take your lunch and eat in the cafe area here at Grace um, and like actually just pause to eat lunch, which I think sometimes um, I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like that gets lost really quickly where people are like, oh, why would I? Why would I pause to eat when I could just like eat while I'm still working? Yeah. Um, but it's not more productive and it's not, you know, it's like I'm not enjoying my food as much. I'm not like eating probably at the right pace. Um, have you noticed a difference with that? Have you done both or? Oh, absolutely. And part of that stemmed from early early um, high intensity uh, ministry, mm-hmm. um, being in an organization that um was doing amazing things, but they would take and take and take. And when I expressed to a superior, hey, I feel like I'm, I'm burning out a little bit, what I was told is, we love you. We will absolutely honor your boundaries, but we won't set them for you and we'll walk all over if you let oh, us. And I was like, what? You know, I'm like, if this is ministry world, how much more oh, corporate world yeah. or the rest of life? Where they s- don't love you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so it became a shift of... I have to take care of myself. Mm. And that means trusting that if I stop to eat and to rest, even if it's only for 20 minutes, that in a way I'm honoring God in that, mm. and he's going to multiply the rest of my time. Yeah. And he does, but there's a level of trust in mm-hmm. that. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. That's such a good perspective. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, like honoring that, um, like, Yeah. Uh, I guess realizing that honoring God can bear fruit that like is scientifically proven, right? We talk about that all the time in the podcast where it's like, oh yeah, studies have shown this. And the Bible says the same thing where it's like, yeah. And studies have shown like, if you rest, you will be able to be more fruitful when you work, right? Like that's the law of the Bible, but it's also the law of our bodies. Um, and Uh, I think sometimes I'm like, no, I'm just going to be, I'm going to be most productive by like never stopping. And that's like, not, that's not how that works. Yeah. As I've been sitting here thinking about food, I've, I've realized that we've, we've hit a couple things that are so fascinating that food can, I mean, we we talk about physical rest, like food restores our bodies, Mm -hmm. right? Stephanie, you were talking about in some ways, like mental rest where Mm -hmm. you're stopping for lunch actually gives your brain sort of the break that you need. Mm-hmm. We've talked about how it can be restorative relationally. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that food sits in this place where really depending on what you need and what you're doing, mm-hmm. it can give us rest in all those areas. And what actually sparked in my mind was that because we eat so seasonally on mm. the farm, there actually is a, a layer of creativity that comes in mm. at the kitchen. Like when me and uh, my wife, Amy and, and friends, Francesca, we, when we sit down to plan 
the week, we're literally saying, what do we have that's fresh? Mm. Like, how could we sort of celebrate what is in season and, and mm-hmm. what we're interested in? And there is a measure of creativity, like this time of year, like, what can you do with 5,000 pounds of zucchini? <laughs> like, we're zucchini fritters and zucchini lasagna and zucchini yeah. muffins. I mean, literally, you know, so you just have to like think mm. that way. And so it's, again, food sits in this really fascinating spot where it can give like rest in all of the areas that we've talked about. Yeah. At the same time, I think it can also like, like steal rest from a lot of those areas, right? Where it's like, um, yeah, I know for me, um, uh, yeah, if I get like hyper fixated on the nutritional labels or especially, um, yeah, like in that season where I was like starting to be able to eat more foods or, Mm. or whatever, it was like, okay, like, uh, it takes so much mental energy. All of a sudden it's like mentally exhausting to eat. Yeah. Um, or it can, I think, steal like your emotional rest. If you're thinking about like, oh man, like I shouldn't be eating this. Or like if, if you're thinking about food, like having a wrong mindset around food can be emotionally mm-hmm. exhausting. Yeah. Um, have you guys experienced any other ways that that food can steal rest? Absolutely. And, and I think this is a, a subtle it just kind of creeps in without knowing it, at least for me anyway. Um, my go-to is sugar, mm. processed oh, I love sugar. sugar. So much. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I've shared before, I've been known to like grab a piece of chocolate cake from the Walmart bakery mm. and eat it in my car. Mm-hmm. And if I'm honest with myself, the moments I've done that have been Um, when I've been under extreme emotional stress. Mm. At the time, I thought I was just being carefree and I'm just going to have a piece of cake in my car. Mm -hmm. But I look back and I think, no, like you were were looking for comfort (laughs) in something else. Um, But the past two years for me have been a lot of transition. Mm. And I've recognized that I've leaned into sugar to bring comfort Mm -hmm. in very unhealthy ways. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed the past couple of months just feeling like a low grade melancholy. Mm -hmm. Um, Not that's, you know, in any way debilitating, Mm -hmm. but to know like I'm I'm slightly off. Mm -hmm. And so a couple of weeks ago, I decided it's time to fix this. And I decided to eliminate processed sugar from my diet. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's a big undertaking. It, It is. And What I noticed last week Mm. is I had to have a conversation with my husband of something's not right. Mm. I was like, I don't know. And I wasn't making the connection to sugar Mm. yet. Mm. Um, Am I slipping into depression? Mm. Is this hormonal because of my age? Is it stress from work? Like what's going on? And he said, pay attention to your diet. Mm. He's like, I think that there's something to this. And so by the time Saturday got here, it had been a full seven days. Mm-hmm. Um, I woke up with more energy than I have Man. in months. Mm. So much mental clarity. Um, and that has stayed, mm. you know, for the past four or five days. And so making the connection that um, depression very much can be tied to the things that we're putting into wow. our body. That's so fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... I usually think about that with like, oh, I'm not getting enough protein or I'm not getting enough of something. But it is, it's Mm. interesting to think about it on the other side of like, yeah, like having too much of things can also lead to or like bring about our our depression or even accentuate it, right? Like if I'm already depressed, maybe I go to sugar more often. Um, And then that's just, that's 
it feels like solving the problem to me. I'm like, ah, a little bit of chocolate. Well, usually I go to dark chocolate, (laughs) which is actually low in sugar, but like a little bit of ice cream. That's kind of my uh, nemesis. It's like, oh, a bit of ice cream is going to make my day so much better. (laughs) Um, And then immediately have to take a nap. Yeah, Yeah, because you crash. Yeah. Uh, I actually, it reminds me, a, cu- a couple of years ago, I was not eating sugar like as much. Mm-hmm. And I came home from work and literally I was like standing at the sink, like shoveling cake into my mouth. <laughs> and my wife, Amy, was like, what? What? She's very tender. What's going on? And literally, I, like with my mouth full of cake, I was like, I had a really hard day. <laughs> and I, but for me, it was like this clarifying moment. Like, yeah. oh, here's where I turn. Like, yeah. this is like, I, I, this is what I do. Mm-hmm. Just helpful to know. Helpful to be aware. Yeah. So. Well, in in and of itself, sugar is not a bad thing. No. Um, but what I'm finding, especially in seasons like this, where I'm trying to make a significant shift there are so many amazing, wonderful things in nature that can actually fulfill that craving. Uh, fresh raspberries for me mm. are a definite go-to. Yeah. Um, any kind of berries, like they'll, they'll kind of give me that sugar fix that I'm looking mm-hmm. for without completely derailing me emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and at some point, I'll go back to weaving a little bit more mm-hmm. sure. dark chocolate in and things yeah. like that. But um, when I can make the connection that it's more emotional than it is what I need yeah. for fuel, yeah. um, then I'm able to get more healthy and balanced yeah. in it. Yeah. And I do find, um, that the, we have a couple, we have a couple sources of natural sugar on the farm. I, I do maple syrup every winter mm-hmm. and then we just started doing bees. So we have some of our own honey and even that, even, I mean, those are, there's a lot of sugar in those mm-hmm. praise you, Jesus. There's, <laughs> so, but, but I can't, but I can't separate them from I can't remove mindfulness from the equation. Mm. You know, like if you eat an Oreo, it's literally like, well, I bought it and I opened the package, Mm -hmm. you know, like you don't have to be mindful. But when I am eating our own honey, I'm literally like tasting the flavors of of our flowers. And like, I'm thinking of like the work that I do with Mm -hmm. the bees every week. Same thing with the syrup. Like I'm, I'm remembering the process. And so I think it does make me more conscious Mm -hmm. of, um, of it as not only, you know, being purposeful with it, but also as like a limited resource mm-hmm. in some yeah. ways. It's not like I can just go to the store. Like I have to wait till I'm looking at our <laughs> maple syrup stores and I'm like, there's no more syrup coming until mm-hmm. February. Like, is this going to last? Like it just makes you more yeah. mindful. Um, and so like you said, like sugar isn't bad, but I think it's so prevalent mm-hmm. in everything that it, you don't necessarily have to be mindful about it if you're not careful. Yeah. It's fascinating as uh, fascinating as you're talking it in my mind, I'm just going to our human proclivity to not want to have any sort of dependence on yeah. God. Mm. Let me run to the store and get yeah. what I need that's already prepackaged mm. when yep. he's given us this world that has this amazing food in it, and it's gonna be seasonal, yeah, mm-hmm. but something will be coming in each season yeah. that we need, yeah. yeah. Um, can we just embrace that? It's true. I mean, I was just saying this last week because I was eating an orange and it was like so good. And mm-hmm. I actually remember when I was a kid, like you really only ate oranges in December mm-hmm. because that that's sort of like when they would ripen and get shipped up here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and now like you can, because the grocery store is global, mm-hmm. it's not just coming from Florida. It's, com- you know, Mexico, California, like and anywhere. Yeah. And so uh, just realizing like, yeah, we don't have to be, we don't have to think about our food. Uh, n- most of us don't have to think about our food at all if we don't mm-hmm. want to. It's just there for us, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think about so I'm I'm vegan, um, which we've talked about in a previous episode, so I won't talk about too much. But I think one of the reasons is because of that like lack of mindfulness, where I often think like, you know, it's so nice that like, you know, factory farmed meats made meat so much cheaper than it used to be. Now we can eat it all day, every day. Whereas like a generation ago, like that wasn't how like and any time before that that wasn't how we lived yep. or how we were even designed to live yeah um and um i think like we forget like where our food comes from we forget where meat comes from or where our vegetables come from and and what they mean in the context of creation in the context mm-hmm. of our bodies um and i think in general yeah just that ease um is not always i think about this and i think in a lot of ways like we seek ease in our lives but it actually uh, we've talked about this in a lot of ways with rest like ease doesn't make our lives more restful yeah. it can actually steal rest That's so good um which is uh, a little counterintuitive for me yeah i mean around the subject of food you know i think about ways that we can sort of engage in that i mean you can grow things on your like kitchen table Mm -hmm. or like in your windowsill, Mm -hmm. even if it's just like herbs, like you can grow your own food in ways. And I'm sorry, this is like my soapbox, but you can grow (laughs) your own food in a way that I think really does bring mindfulness Mm -hmm. in, you know, Um, because you suddenly are asking yourself the question, like, even this is good. Is it worth sort of using up this resource for this mm-hmm. meal or for this opportunity? That's mm-hmm. a great question to have to ask yourself around the subject of food. It yeah. makes you mindful. And then the other thing I think of is like support a local farmer. Like yeah. you can go to the farmer's market, you can be a part of a CSA and mm-hmm. actually experience what it is like to be forced to eat seasonally. Mm-hmm. And that can be hard if you like really love avocados. I love <laughs> avocados, but, and we have avocados in our home 365 days a year. So, <laughs> so don't feel any judgment, but yeah. if you decided that, Oh, I'm just going to eat locally this summer or mm-hmm. eat seasonally this summer, suddenly like, Oh, my favorite things are not available. Mm-hmm. So what do you do instead? I think those are great, great questions to have to ask yeah. yourself. And can provide, I mean, and again, not that like we're saying like, or I would say that you should do that all the time, but some people would, um, but like, I think it, it does provide creative rest yeah. to like be able to like try new recipes. Mm-hmm. Um, for other people, it might be creatively exhausting um, yeah, to be true. forced to try that's new, true. new recipes. Um, but that made me think of something else that immediately flew from my mind. So I guess that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> so I-, I wondered if we could talk about fasting for just a moment Mm, mm -hmm. because this is in some ways i i know that that is tied to food but and rest but i don't quite know how any thoughts how fasting intersects with everything we've been talking about so fasting is an interesting one for me um i can fast for 24 hours anything beyond that fasting from food I get surly and mean, (laughs) so it doesn't draw me closer to God. Um, Makes me certainly doesn't draw Todd closer to God. (laughs) No, absolutely not. But I will say that there is there is something to the realization that um, food is good. It Mm. is what has been designed and created to sustain us, Mm -hmm. but that there are seasons times when it's good for us to set that aside. Mm -hmm. And I recognize even in those 24 hour fasting windows, my biggest obstacle, I mean, really I get surly because my blood sugar drops. It's just, I've I've always struggled with that. Mm -hmm. But the bigger issue with 24 hours is coffee. 
Mm. Oh, really? Like I have to think in advance if I'm going to go into a fasting because to go without coffee for 24 hours, I'm going to wake up with a massive headache. Mm. And so even that is a, is revelatory of how important has this drink become to you Mm -hmm. that you can't do something that has the capacity to draw you closer to God, Mm -hmm. that you really have to think through weaning off in advance to be able to fast. So, um, yeah, and that's not even that's not that's not even necessarily like a criticism of coffee drinkers, of which all three of us are. Yeah. It's just like, oh, that's that is helpful. Again, it's like mindfulness yeah. around this habit. Yeah. Um, Christine, one of the things that I also thought of that you had said mm. was that when your options were super super limited around, mm-hmm. you just didn't have to think about it very yeah. much. It was like it's this these five things in these quantities, and that's all I can do. And yeah. as those doors have opened up there's a lot more thought that goes into mm-hmm. it. And one of the benefits of fasting is sort of like, guess what? You're not trying to decide what to eat yeah. at all. You're just yeah. sort of, for some of us, just white knuckling it through <laughs> the next 12 to 24 yeah. hours. Um, so I think, I guess that is one spot because we've talked about in many, in many different ways, resting from and mm-hmm. resting in. And we talked about resting in and fasting is kind of resting from. Yeah. I, I do think um, fasting. So I, I grew up kind of with like a regular rhythm of fasting in our household. Like that was something my mom taught us and taught us like the meaning of and the practice. Um, But like, as I've become an adult, I've recognized like different things for me come out that are, that do like require mindfulness because fasting from food, because I've, I've kind of like, uh, because we did that, you know, even in our teenage years, it's, it's not like super challenging for me. Mm. Like, um, it's, it's not necessarily something that the day of brings me closer to God. But what I noticed is, um, when I, my blood sugar starts dropping, I start getting a little irritable. My, like, uh, my comfort thing isn't food. It's more often fiction or books. So I like pick up a novel and I'm like, okay, I'm fasting today. So I'm just going to read Harry Potter. And that's like, all, all I'll do. And so for me, fasting from food has to go along with fasting from entertainment because otherwise I'll just binge entertainment and the whole day will go by without mindfulness. And so for me, um, when I fast for food from food, it it requires me to rest in that in a way Mm -hmm. like rest in God. Mm -hmm. Um, and usually it's like day of, I'm like, I'm a little hungry, God, you know, like th- that might be as simple as my prayer is. Um, but then the next day, because of those things paired together, I'm always like so much more energized. Mm-hmm. Like so when I wake up in the morning, I'm like just focused and energized in a way that I'm not if I haven't done that. I think that's so helpful because I, I know that there are lots of people who have said like, I've tried fasting and it, it didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. I think it's so helpful to say, well, look at, look at all of these different areas of your life, simply mm-hmm. eliminating food in the same way that we would say like for any of the other like rest things, simply mm-hmm. eliminating this isn't necessarily going to bring you the rest that you need. Yeah. Um, you just have to think of it a little bit more broadly. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be so helpful for yeah, somebody. And I think it's fascinating because I'm similar to you, Christine, in that um, when I know I need to spend some focus time with God or just away mm-hmm. from life in general, I don't go to fasting from food because mm-hmm. it doesn't help me. What I'll do is extended periods of fasting from TV yeah. because I realize that's a world that's so easy to mm-hmm. escape into. But when I give up television, 
I actually eat healthier because mm. what am I going to do with my time this evening? I'm not yeah. trying to get wow. to hop on Netflix to watch a show. I have extra hours to just make to, like, a make healthy a dinner oh or to just yeah. to, to be mindful about yeah. going to the gym or what do I want to do with my time? So mm-hmm. finding the area of fasting, I mean, mm-hmm. and I do think fasting for good is, is good. It's biblical, but yeah. there are other forms that actually um, bring rest. Yeah. yeah. So. And I do think like also coming off of a fast is an important element that we sometimes forget about. Like we don't factor in um, after fasting from entertainment or after fasting from food. It's like, you know, if you do like a 24 hour, then it's like, okay, breakfast, I'm going to eat everything under the sun or like, okay, time for those cocoa puffs. Um, But for me, part of the advanced thought, whether it's television entertainment or food is like, okay, what does it look like to take baby steps back in? Um, what does it look like to not just, okay, so I fasted from entertainment Friday through Sunday. Now on Monday night, all I'm doing is watching movies because that can be my like pendulum swing. Mm. Um, and I found, especially with food, if I, if I fast for 24 hours and then in the morning I have a small, simple meal that I eat mindfully and prayerfully. Um, that also influences how my relationship with God, you know, either draws nearer or, or whether it, it kind of stays static. Mm. When my wife was in college, she and her roommate did an extended fast of several days for something that we were doing as a church. And that it was kind of their first foray into fasting, I think. And they broke their fast with, um, chocolate chip cookie dough. <laughs> and it was literally like they were just laying on the floor in their house, just like, yeah. like they just <laughs> felt so awful. So yeah, baby steps back in is probably yeah better. Yeah. <laughs> I've found it makes a big difference, both physically and spiritually. Yeah, yeah for sure. Well, and I will say I've also found a good version for me of that is sometimes I will just do a fast that all I eat is fresh fruits mm. and vegetables. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, it's just a way to, again, foster that reliance on this is what God's created. Mm-hmm. It is good the way it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't need all that other processed food. And and I found that can be a very healthy way yeah yeah i did a i did a silent retreat several years ago and i and i literally just had probably five or six different things that sort of covered all my nutritional needs Mm -hmm. and and for the week that's literally all that i ate and it was it was sort of like look i'm not i'm not fasting because i'm to the point of hunger but i am fasting in a way from sort of the mental exercise of you know, thinking about all this and what am I going to do and what I'm going to make and how does this taste? It was sort of like, no, we're just going to do this for the week and mm-hmm, really yeah. free up all of that extra space to pray and read and reflect. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was really good. I also lost 12 pounds, but that's like a separate. <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so are there any final thoughts that or things that we haven't covered regarding food and rest or just kind of like a healthy mindset or mindfulness toward toward food that we want to leave people with today? I do think, and and I'm glad, um, Stephanie, that you talked about what it's like to be mindful sort of apart from other people Mm. when you're eating. I think that's really good. I would also say that, that pursuing, um, meal meals as a community experience is actually something that I think we do need. Not, mm-hmm. not every day. Does, I mean, yeah. but, but sort of like as a regular rhythm, I think if, if you want 
a more mindful relationship with food, doing it in mm-hmm. conjunction with other people is a very, very um, easy way to do it as sort of like a, a simple step. If mm-hmm. you don't really have any other framework, like just try cooking a meal with other people and, yeah. and see how that changes that experience for you. Yeah. I hear from a lot of young professionals, like, especially I think like young women who, uh, maybe we don't have like a whole slew of people to cook for. It's like, Oh man, I love making like lasagna, but I can't, I'm not going to eat a whole lasagna and then I have to freeze it and it feels wasteful to just make it for me. Um, and I think that is a good reminder, like, Oh, I can just invite someone over for lasagna on like a Wednesday evening. Mm -hmm. And, probably they also could use a community meal on a Wednesday. You know what I mean? Just like, even if, uh, yeah, like you can have your community group, like, Hey, can we do a meal together or, or just invite a friend and see, um, if they happen to be free. Um, I think it's just a good reminder that like, uh, yeah, it's, it's okay to just invite people over for Mm -hmm. food. I think sometimes we think like, Oh, is that weird? Like post COVID or Mm -hmm. just in like our kind of, like you would never just knock on someone's door today. And so sometimes it feels weird to like just invite someone over. Yeah. Um, but for me, I found when people do that, I almost always end up saying yes, if I'm free. Yeah. Um, Cause it's just nice eating with other people. Or, or preparing a meal for someone else just as like an act of service. Yeah. I mean, that, like that's a really thoughtful way uh, of engaging with food as well. That's you know, true. I mean, you'd be amazed at how, how many people perceive a meal being dropped off as a, like a blessing that they couldn't even mm-hmm. anticipate or imagine, you yeah. know? I mean, sometimes it's good to ask, but also like sometimes we have neighbors that are literally just like, here, I baked an extra loaf of banana bread and they just drop. It's like amazing. Yeah. You know, it's a really, really great way to engage with it as well. Yeah. Well, and I think it's a, having meals with other people can be a reminder of our own self care because Mm. if I'm inviting someone into my home, Mm. I'm going to prepare a meal that is balanced, that is healthy, Mm. that, that you're going to enjoy. And I'm going to have balance in how much I eat Mm -hmm. when I'm with you, not because I'm worried about how much you think I'm taking in, but because I want to make sure that you have enough and that I'm, Mm. that I'm caring for you. Well, if I'm willing to do that with other people in my life, Mm. I need to be just as willing to do that for myself as well. And so just remembering that. Yeah. It can be like a recalibration, like, Oh, that's right. Like I don't need, I don't necessarily need someone across the table to think of food this way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's a really good recalibration. That's good. Yeah. Good word from Stephanie. All right. Well, uh, it turns out food has a lot to do with rest after all. So thank you all for joining us and we will see you again next time. And thank you, Stephanie. We really appreciate your presence and your thoughts. Thanks for having me.